On today's Locked On Texans podcast, we are grading position coaches, offensive and defensive, and who was the position coach of the year. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Texans fans, to this Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, mm. a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If this is your first time listening or watching the Locked On Texans podcast, first and foremost, thank you for stopping by. Please subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, and if, if this is your first time, if this is if you are a returning listener, excuse me, if you are a returning listener coming back uh, to hear more Texans talk, we really appreciate you. So thank you as well. I'm your Texans football analyst, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. On the other side of the screen, as always, Sports Illustrated's its own credential media member for the Houston Texans, Cody Davis. We are uh, looking at the position coach of the year. I wonder who we will agree on or disagree mm, on. Mm. We are definitely grading the defensive position coaches and grading the offensive position coaches as well. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to, to get started today. Cody, let's go ahead and kick it off. Mm. Rating the offensive position coaches, what you got? Man, so first of all, let me just go ahead on and say this. Tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of the hiring of Costa Miko Ryan's. So we're going to get into Costa Miko Ryan's. Of course, we're going to talk about that on tomorrow. So I wanted to put that out there because John and myself, we have something special for you guys. But because tomorrow is the one-year anniversary, man, we really felt it was very important to not only just talk about the coordinators like we always do, but also talk about the position coaches as well. Because a lot of the developments that we have been seeing out of a lot of these young players um, comes from the position coaches because those are the coaches that they spend the most time with, um, especially after practice. So, John. I'm actually going to skip uh, Gerard Johnson as we start with the offensive coaches. I'm pretty sure we can all agree that Gerard Johnson has a A++++ given the development and work that we've seen out of CJ. Plus, you know, the work that he did that week after CJ went down um, with that concussion. Um, looking at how he was able to work with Case Keenum and, and gave Case Keenum um, enough and his ability in order to help the Houston Texans win that game. But, you know, the the, the lowest graded position coach that I have right now is uh, running back coach Danny Berry. Um, you're talking about the longest position yeah. coach here in the city of Houston, John. You know me, man. Ever since you and I have been covering this team, I've always been, been fans big. of them. Always been a big supporter for um, Danny Barrett, man. And, um, you know, every year except for the 2020 season when they traded, of course, D-Hop for David Johnson and David Johnson was this team starting running back. Um, Danny Barry has done a great job at his, you know, with his position group. Um, the running back group was always a position that the, this team could rely on a lot on a lot of occasions. However, when you just take a look at the big step back that, 
Damian Pierce took in his second season, man. I understand that some of it, a lot of it was his fault because he, you know, was struggling with the new offensive scheme and it just wasn't a good look to see um, Damian Pierce take that much of a step back, especially considering that he spends so much time with Danny Barry as his running back coach. But other than that, man, coming in with a B grade is tight end coach Jake Moreland. Um, Danny Barry and Damian Pierce took a step back, a tremendous step back, but the parent of Jake Moreland and Brevin Jordan took a step forward. John, you remember at the start of the season when I was already on the Brevin Jordan train, I said one of the things that Brevin Jordan is going to have to do, he's going to have to make sure that he put enough in an extra time in with tight end coach Jake Moreland. By the way, this was Jake Moreland's first year as the position coach, and I remember – during training camp, we had an opportunity to talk to the position coaches. And I re- and I remember asking Jake, what are some of the intangibles that you have been working with Brevin Jordan with? And he said blocking. And that made me excited because, John, you know, over the last two seasons, every time you and I talked about the development of Brevin Jordan, we always talked about whether or not he could turn into that blocking tight end, that all-around tight end that you want to see. And look, in 2023, he had a career year, not only with pass catching, but also with blocking as well. And of course, the other two position coaches that I got coming in with an A-plus is wide receiving coach Ben McDaniels and offensive line coach Chris Strouser. I mean, you're talking about two guys. Look, it speaks for themselves. Both of those position groups has have gone through a lot, and for them to still get the most out of the players, even the players that had to come in, more so Coach Chris, man, this offensive line, you know, almost every single game there was somebody new being inserted, especially in the first half of the season, but he made sure that he had all of his players ready, and for Ben Man Daniels, look, you had you could have had an opportunity to have not one but two 1000 yard pass catchers on this team and in Nico Collins and Tank Dale man and that says a lot for Ben Matt Daniels coaching as well yeah absolutely when we look at this coaching staff Rod White Chris Kiffin linebacker coach Chris Strouser Jake Morland they were all in their first year uh, with the Houston Texans. Rob White was actually the defensive line assistant coach, but now that uh, Coach Jocks' ear is gone, we are going to assume that he's going to take in, uh, step in and take over, which I think that may be a little bit better for Houston. He's a younger coach, so I think the relatability is there. He's a guy that we highlighted last offseason, uh, and I thought that his improvements that he's made at every stop would – uh, have a big impact on the Houston Texans, and we saw that. So, but that's in a defensive position, coach. I just wanted to mention that there were some new faces that were brought in uh, on the coaching staff. Not to mention some of the uh, Bill Lazor, Shane Days for this group. But I, I 100% agree with you with everything, Cody. I, I look at uh, Danny Barrett. Danny for me was a, a, a difficult grade because. Mm. It was difficult for me because I don't know how much of the struggles we have we can put on Coach Barrett and, and not look at the player himself and, and just realize that, that there was a difficulty there with doing something different that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. But you do look at a coach and say, hey, we need you, especially in the first five or so weeks where they were still trying to 
allowed Damian to be their starting running back. He just never took off in a way that this team hoped and expected. And so when you are a coach, you 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 are expected to uh see some improvement, have some improvement with your player, and that just never developed with Damian Pierce. And uh you know, I do want to credit Coach Danny. Uh, Devin Singletary did a very good job when he stepped in, but Singletary is also a vet in this league. So I have Coach Barrett at a C plus. But I think when I look at uh both Jake Moreland. Uh, Coach Moreland and Coach Chris Strauser, you, you stole the words out of my mouth. I mm. was thoroughly impressed from Brevin Jordan as a blocker this year. Uh, I do remember a conversation that happened earlier this year where Jake Moreland basically said there isn't going to be a specific role for any of these guys. You're not going to have a pass-catching you know, tight end. You're not going to have a you know specific run-blocking tight end. Everybody is going to be called upon in this group to contribute in all phases, pass blocking, run blocking, and being go- being able to go out there to catch passes. And so when I saw the develop development of Brevin Jordan, all career highs through the board uh, this year, including the playoffs, mm-hmm. I was just thoroughly impressed with the job and the effort that he put in as a blocker which has not been something that he's done in the past. Now, of course, hmm. he may have just needed, you know, some time in the NFL to get his body used to it, but there's no way around giving Jake Moreland the proper uh, the proper he respect, the, the proper respects he deserves as a coach getting that player over the hump. And with that, I also want to throw in, when we look at some of the key free agents Houston should bring back, I wouldn't be shocked if Houston doesn't bring back Dalton Schultz. You know, there was times where I was left a little bit thirsty for a little bit more blocking from Dalton Schultz. And so, uh, but and, and when I look at Chris Strauser, Cody, again, you hit it right on the nail, listeners. There were six offensive linemen that ended up on IR, two starters, <laughs> uh, didn't get an opportunity to, to see to see a six offensive to go on IR. That's crazy. Two starters. They have to move Titus Howard to guard. Tunsil missed games. They have to mm, rush the mm, process mm. with Jared Patterson. And my God, John Josh Jones saw some significant snaps <laughs> this year at one point. Uh, they got the best version out of George Fant. I think that the NFL that he's seen mm. in the NFL. Man, I, I hate that there's a possibility he may lose out on George Fant. I really did like Fant. Yeah, I did too. For this team. And, and they never got an opportunity to see King and Green come to fruition, which I think, you know, you get them a full offseason with this coach. Green has never had a full offseason in the NFL. And and we've seen development through this offensive line. But I think also with the amount of offensive line changes, with the amount of offensive linemen that had to go on IR, with the amount of just – Kendrick Green, by the way, with the amount of issues and adversity this unit faced, you would have think – that they led the league in sacks. They were not the best. I mean, they were 11 in, in sacks allowed. They weren't the best offensive line unit, but they weren't the ro- ro- uh, worst, excuse me. And I also think if the switch to Devin Singletary would have happened earlier in the year before it did for a time, you would have saw a more productive run game. So because of the scheme and the style that this team was trying to block, so I also think that hindered the success of this offensive line and how they are viewed because of the running back situation. And so 
I, I think Chris Strauser did an amazing job. Between Jake Morton, I give Jake Morton a B plus. Uh, Chris Strauser, I give him an A plus, A minus. Uh, ben McDaniels, I'm at a B with Ben. Uh, oh, wow. Nico Collins did a very good job this year. And Tank Dale came along. But outside of those two, I think I think because we didn't see other guys come in and contribute. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. But, but I don't want to hold that to Ben McDaniels because this is the group he's working with. Robert Woods, a, a John Mechie who, you know, Noah Brown, but a John Mechie who is, because I'm not mad at Noah Brown. Noah Brown really did his thing this year, honestly. I mean, my expectations for Noah Brown was low. I didn't think he was going to make the roster at one point, if you remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, John Mechie, this is his first full year playing football in two seasons. Uh, torn ACL, then had to work his way back from that, and then you know, cancer had to work his way back from that, and a six-round rookie receiver in Xavier Hutchinson, and you also had Steven Sims take some snaps, so he's a, kind of a journeyman for the Houston Texans. So in terms of talent that he was given to work with, very top-heavy. It was Nico, and it was Tank Dale. Outside of that, you can see the lack of talent. To work with, uh, and just lack of health as well. Honestly, right? Uh, I think that we may see a better version of John Mechie in this upcoming year. He'll get a full year of football under his belt. But uh, I, I like the job, and I like the emergence and dominance that we saw from uh, Nico Collins. And I also want to say that I can see the working relationship between Ben McDaniel's, who is also the passing game coordinator, and Bobby Slowick. Just coming together and say, hey, we got to get these two guys involved. On any given Sunday, you would see Tank Dale have monster games. Nico have monster games. And on a couple of occasions, Noah Brown have monster games. And so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I think a B is fair given what Ben McDaniels had to work with in his unit. Well, you guys are here, which means, uh, it's time for me to tell you about FanDuel. Happy Super Bowls to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. They are happy to have you guys. You know they are. And if you like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite food, your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Ah, this is where FanDuel comes in. This is where they come in. It's going to be great for Super Bowl Sunday. FanDuel has so many ways to end this season with a dub or two or three or four or five. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and much more. And the best part about it, new customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet or more, $5 or more bet wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Cody and I are grading defensive coaches. But I got to give an A-plus to Chris Kiffin. And listen, here's the thing, man, the linebacker wow. coach. Here's the thing about Chris Kiffin. On paper, when you looked at the linebacker group, and, and, and I caught flack for it, but early in the year I was saying to myself, I am unimpressed with the unit as a whole, right? This is an NFL that you need multiple guys to do different things. And it was very top-heavy. Didn't necessarily know what I was going to get out of Denzel Perriman, but I added him in that list. And Christian Harris, who we all presume would be the guy from day one, right? But outside of that, didn't necessarily know. Like, Blake Cashman has been a rotational player since he's basically entered the NFL. Uh, But – the emergence, hmm. and, and I mean, one of the most beautiful things to watch this year was just how great each week in the second half of the season of the season, Christian Harris got Blake Cashman being as dominant as he as he was for the Houston Texans, right? I mean, Blake was a guy that again I had low expectations for. But when I look at this 2023 season, defensively, number one, 106, Blake Cashman. That's how many tackles he had. Number two, 101, Christian Harris. That's how many uh, tackles he had. They both had two sacks. Uh, Blake Cashman had an interception. Christian Harris was all over the field in the passing game. Uh, He had uh, seven pass deflections this year. Had the big pick six in the playoffs. Right? And so I think the development of those two guys – uh, throughout the season in a group that was not always healthy. Um, at one point, they had Henry Toto getting some, some major burn early in the year because of how injured they were in that position. And at times in the run game, Henry was very good for Houston. So I don't take that away. So you look at some of the smaller guys like Henry Toto, um, Denzel Perriman, who, who, again, he missed several games. Uh, in the end of the season with 76 tackles, a half a sack, uh, three pass deflections, nothing too major or crazy, but he was very effective for the Houston Texans. I think that if you give Chris Kiffin, who came over from the Cleveland Browns, but if you give him more opportunities to uh, just have a, a fuller group, you're going to see a different version of this linebacker group, and they're going to go to the next level. I was very impressed again with the job that that unit showed throughout the year. Uh, very under underwhelming at the beginning of the year. The talent, I don't think necessarily was there, but you had games where uh, Blake Cashman with 20 tackles, Henry Toto had some monster games for Houston in terms of uh, tackles this year. One of, one of those games where he had, uh, what was it, yeah, 12 tackles, monster game for Houston, 10 tackles one game. This was as a rookie who, again, honestly, was probably playing earlier than expected. So I give him an A+. Dino! I give Dino an A. Mm. What we saw from Derek Stingley was, you know, undoubtedly special. But you saw a different Steven Nelson, not the best Steven Nelson, but a very productive. Outside of those two guys, Dino got the best out of out of Shaquille Griffin this year until they moved on from him, which I, I still think they would. I should. I still think they should have kept him. But at one point, Griffin was playing as a starter, and he was playing some good football for Houston, hmm. right? So I think Dino 
I think Dino has always been in a position where his group hasn't been full, and so he's had to work with what he's had. But this year, it came together a little bit more. And, and as a unit, those guys did a very good job. I honestly believe that. And then we look at the safeties coach, Coach Steven. I'm looking at a, uh, I'm looking at a C plus. Uh-huh. Saw the decline of Jaden Petrie. Uh, and again, Jalen played better when Jimmy Ward was on the field, but that was rare. And they were never able, able to really just kind of get anybody else back there. And again, they were signing guys on the fly. Adrian Amos, uh, he came back. Well, they signed Adrian Amos. Um, just never really was able to get any good production out of the you know secondary uh, at the safety position. Rod White and Coach Jocks is here before he was let go. They did a very good job with the defensive line. Uh, we saw the emergence of Jonathan Gennard this year. We saw the deep tackles be very productive in the passing game for Houston defensively. Monster games from both Malik Collins and Sheldon Rankins on multiple occasions. But you saw the development of a player that I really do love for Houston, and I hope they're mm. That's Khalil Davis. You saw Khalil Davis get cut in the offseason after preseason, and I thought that he should have been a sure guy for this roster. But they brought him back slowly and surely. You just saw Khalil Davis make plays, whether it was in the run game, stuffing the run, or maybe getting after the quarterback and cleaning up some of the missed sacks. Khalil Davis was a very good rotational piece for Houston. And so, so was Kurt Hines, right? And so you look at the bigger guys. Malik Collins, the bigger names, Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins. Yeah, they had some good years, uh, good moments for Houston. But Khalil and Kurt, those two guys, you just saw them get better throughout the year. And I think that for Houston, it was difficult for them to move on from Roy, Roy Lopez. But those two guys mm-hmm. outplayed him, especially Kurt. And he's a guy that was an undrafted player. Listen, he may have a spot here in Houston for a little while, but they really did a good job of coaching up those young guys, including – Will Anderson, towards the end of the year, you saw Will Anderson get better as a pass rusher, Mm. right? I think early in the year, what kind of hindered him, of course, we know how great of a player he is in stopping the run, but what kind of limited him was his limited ability to get after the quarterback at the NFL level. You can't just always bull rush a guy. But towards the end of the year, you saw a little bit more pass rush moves. You saw him get a little bit more bendier get a little bit more looser on the edge, which allowed him to get to the quarterback a little bit faster and beat his man, uh, whoever he was going to against. And so I give those two as a combination in A. Mm. Um, I agree. We had the same grade for everybody except for the safety coach and Coach Stevens. And Coach Steven. Um, I gave him a D. Now, I was thinking about giving him an F in general, man, because I just don't understand. And by the way, he is a first-year position coach, and hopefully he could find his niche. Maybe that was something he was struggling with. But I just do, do not understand how in the world did we see this much of a decline out of Jalen Petrie. And look, let me let me say this before we move on, guys. We are grading these position coaches. We are grading them, you know, for the whole unit in general, but especially more so the younger guys. You're talking – you're looking at guys between years – one, two, three, because these are the most critical moments of a player's career to see whether or not they're going to have an opportunity 
to sustain sustainable success throughout their whole entire careers. And a lot of these young players, they spend a lot of times with these position coaches one-on-one um, in small groups and stuff. And this is why I want to give Coach C. Steven a D because I'll go back and I'll take a look at Jalen Petrie, rookie season. You are looking at him on the trajectory of being, if not an all-pro safety, at least a Pro Bowl caliber safety. And when you take a look at the fact that you had Coach D'Amico Ryans coming in as head coach, um, you, you're working together a scheme. There is no way in the world Petrie should have taken this much of a decline. And, look, I'm not going to put it all on Coach Steven. It was rough to see. I mean, look, if you ask me who was more disappointing out of Damian Pierce or Jalen Petrie, I'm going to go Petrie. And I understand we had a lot of high hope. Well, at least I did. I know, John, you were you was surprisingly on the opposite side of the scale. But I know we all – I had a lot of high hopes for Damian Pierce at the start of the year. However, I think what saved that running back group was, of course, the veteran production that you got out of Devin Singletary. And towards the end of the year, he was arguably, if not the best running back of this team. When you take a look at that second that, – that, that safety unit, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, this had ended up being one of, if not the most underwhelming position group on, on this team. It was the weakest link. And John, you're talking about, you know, the Texans drafting the top corner. I'm on it. I'm on the verge of looking at it from the standpoint, you know, you need to draft a, the, the top safety in this draft class, because look, I think next year is going to be a make or break year. For Jalen Petrie, you don't really know whether or not you can trust Jimmy Ward. I mean, yeah, when he's healthy, he can give you something. But once again, that is a big, the biggest of the team if and when healthy. And then everybody else that you brought in, I mean, DeAndre Houston Carson, I mean, he did his thing. But I just felt like Coach Stevens could have gotten more from that safety unit, man. And But to me, man, it's just really disappointing just to see the decline yeah. in Jalen Petrie. And once again, I'm not giving up on Jalen. I think there is, how can I put this, maybe another year working with Coach Stevens, working with, you know, Coach D'Amico Rons or whatever the case might be. We could see the guy that we saw. Because it was season. new for him this year. Yeah, it, it was new, it was but new it was also new for Darius Stingley. It, it, it was also new for a lot of these guys. And majority of them, look, it was new for Nico Collins and, and Brevin Jordan for the third year in a row. And look what they was able to do. So, I mean, it, it was just kind of disappointing to see, you know, that safety group decline. Because this time last year, we was looking at this safety group saying that might be the best position group on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and, and that group, again, they were probably the weakest link on their defense. You look at the mm-hmm. Texans being uh, in the bottom – half of the NFL uh, in passing defense, there were moments where you would expect to play and, and, and the play just wasn't made. There were moments mm-hmm. where was it busted coverage or did, did the opposing offense just offensive player just make a play on it and you, you didn't know it, which one it was. And, and 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 I think moving forward, Houston may explore kind of minimizing the amount of snaps. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing, but just playing around with a thought. But minimize Jalen Petrie's role, but still invest in that safety group. They are not going to come away with this in this draft without a safety. Now, we didn't see Brandon Hill last year. He stayed on the practice squad. Houston brought him in last year from Pitt. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting maybe at some point seeing him because of how 
the decline of that safety group was, and they had to keep bringing in other guys. But clearly, he just wasn't ready to play football. But I can see Houston really investing in this safety group. I don't think they're going to bring Jimmy Ward back. Uh, and with the with the play of Jalen Petrie this year, I can see a possibility of them bringing in either competition to him or just somebody that they believe in their scheme. Because remember, D'Amico didn't draft them. Yeah, somebody true. that they really believe in that could perform better uh, at that position. But Jalen may all may just you know just very much so take a huge step forward next year and kill it. So we'll see. But I still think they draft a safety this year. And again, a corner. Also, shout out to Desmond King. When I talk about Dino Vasso, mm-hmm. shout out to Desmond King. Like this was the first year I saw Dino with a full group in a sense, and that cornerback unit performed. So again, probably my favorite coach. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is what also keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, or all three, eBay Motors has you covered. With 122, over 122 million parts, uh, for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back in. Locked on Texas listeners and viewers. Uh we are great in position coaches, and Cody, position coach of the year goes to um on the offensive side of the ball, position coach of the year, Chris Stauser, the mm-hmm. offensive line coach. Look, I was kind of conflicted. I wanted to give it to um Ben Johnson, given the leap in development that we saw out of um, Nico Collins and, of course, the phenomenal rookie campaign that he had before his leg injury and Tank Dell, man. But when I just take a look at Coach Chris, man, like the number of injuries. I mean, John, you, you said early on in the show, six offensive linemen, six was put on IR. I think you said two was the starter. But not only that, you just – look, I also want to mention this as well. And I know when we really to start talking about this offensive line group, um. We definitely got to highlight these two. When you look at how good of a season Coach Strouser had as the offensive line coach, Jerry Patterson and Juice Scrubs. You're talking about two rookies who literally got thrown into the fire, especially Jerry Patterson. And at one time before he went down this season in, I think it was ankle injury, he was like the third highest graded offensive lineman according to pro football focus and you're looking at a guy who was brought in just to be what your third string and then you got juice in juice was 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 drafted to be your you know to take over at some point as your starting center he missed half the season all of training camp and you put him in and he made a difference at left guard playing out of position so without a shadow of a doubt man chris schauser offensive uh position coach of the year on the defensive side of the ball, man, this one hurts because I hate knowing he would no longer be here. But defensive line coach Jacques Cezier. I mean, you guys have heard me say it over the last probably month by now. 
their improvements that the Houston Texans made in their run defense. And from Coach D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator, Matt Burt, to the players that I talked to in the locker room, man, they, they gave Jock Shazier credit for the improvements that this team has made at stopping the run. Once again, over the last two seasons, in 2021, 2022, this was a team that was giving up somewhere in the ballpark of an average of 150 yards on the ground. This year alone, I think they ended up finishing the season with like 97, 98 yards on the ground. And the only time that they got killed in a run game was the season finale against the Indianapolis Colts where Jonathan Taylor just went stupid crazy. But once again, Jonathan Taylor is a phenomenal player and you're going to have that happen to you from time to time. But once again, man, shout out to Coach Jackson's here, man. I hate knowing that he won't be here, but in the words of Coach D'Amico Ryan's on the offensive side and defensive side, everything starts up front. And this mm-hmm. is why both of those guys are the position coaches of the year. Boom. Texas had a franchise sack record this year. Uh, and again, you saw the best uh, out of George Fent this year. You, mm. you saw um, the rookies, the young bucks. I mean, can't speak about, about what the uh, Juice Scrubs and Jared Patterson did in their short amount of time due to injury, how impactful they were for this Texan team up front. Uh, so much so that, you know, I don't believe Houston should draft uh, a lineman next year. Of course, you want to always bring in some talent, but they got the talent there already, guys. I mean, mm. them young bucks are there. You got Shaq Mason on the contract. You still have Titus Howard and Larry Tunsil on the contract, though I believe that one of those guys should be either moved on from or maybe just a uh, restructuring of the contract situation. But yeah, it ain't Larry. Uh oh, he didn't. <laughs> maybe it should be. Maybe Larry should give him $5 million on that other contract. But just a little bit. It's going to give him hmm. got five on it. But I can't I can't disagree with you more. Those are the two position coaches of the year. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Locked on Texans podcast. We'll be back with the D'Amico show. One year ago. Everything. Our lives will change. Everybody lives will change. Our lives change. Texas Literally. Lives will change. The McNair's lives change. Nick Casario life change. It was a life changing decision. And it worked out for the best for the Houston Texans. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texas podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.